Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right. Well, it's the first Sermon Talkback of 2021. Yay. All right. Happy New Year, Year, everybody. And Thomas Nelson, the man, the myth, the legend. But, you know, you know what they say about Thomas? More than the mustache. More than (laughs) he's he's more than the mustache. More than the mustache. You see that that mustache and you're like, gosh, that thing so prominent, so strong. Is there anything more to this man? And then you get to know him and you're like. Hmm. He's more than the mustache. Yep. Lots. He's more than the mustache. I, I don't know what to say other than well, just, just thank you. No, I mean, don't even say thank you. Thank the Lord. Yeah, yeah. You know, thank the Lord for that. It's true. It's real. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Thomas, I kind of feel like I should take the reins of the host, if I'm the host of the Sermon Talkback, and pass them over to you since you preached this week. So let's hear. Here you go. Man, I, I so received those. Thomas is now driving. The sermon talk about they they literally did, yeah. did that for all of you in the in the listening. There was a, right. it, was a gen, it was a gentle <laughs> handoff, and it's a borrowed thing that I have. Okay, I'll okay. return it. He can return it next week. Uh, Got it. Yeah, you know, Jason, it's it's pretty awesome to sit down with you, but it's it's really awesome. I mean, I mean, no, this in the no, best of ways no. to sit down with the. Jennifer McClish. Whatever you're about to say, I'm in total agreement. <laughs> oh, I can tell. It's on your face. You're like, she's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. here's what I'll do. I'll just do Thanks, a, a quick little overview and then maybe turn it to y'all for a couple of uh, insights, impressions. Okay. And uh, maybe we can toss out some questions like we normally do. Love it. Sounds great. So really appreciate you, Jason, letting me take the first week of the year and the the first part of our Gospel Kingdom Mission series. What a great way to kick off the year looking at Gospel Kingdom Mission uh, just revisiting who we are. And for you new folks, it's going to help define in your minds who we want to be as followers of Christ at Christ's covenant. And we started in the middle in the kingdom and we looked at relational discipleship out of Titus. And it was a, a lot of verses. It's one of those sermons where I was like, man, I cannot say all that I want to say, or we're going to be here till Tuesday. <laughs> well, and, and, yeah. And I think you, you handled the text r- really, really well. I mean, I think when I, I kind of chose all those verses, and you picked up on this. The, the cool thing about this is why you know this. You know, Thomas is a great preacher. Mm-hmm. We didn't like necessarily talk about all this, but I wanted people. What was happening in my mind is like Paul's doing something here. There's a yeah. movement to an end here, mm-hmm. and you like so picked up on that, and that's really kind of how the sermon flowed. Like there was these movements. I even like. I don't even know if I would have used those words, but I like that you used, you know, these movements or these calls, you know, there's a call to the elders, a call to rebuking, a call to relational discipleship. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly kind of, I think when I was reading through the book of Titus, I was like, okay, Paul like kind of starts here. And, you know, I I think initially I was just looking at, you know, chapter two, kind of the classic Titus two relational discipleship passages, but he's really doing more than that. And that's, yeah. And I think you picked up that beautifully. Well, I, I like this the whole book 
it fits us so well because there's a real heart for the people of Crete to know the Lord mm-hmm. and for Crete to be changed. And so, you know, he starts off in verse five through uh, through verse nine there where he says, hey, we're going to call elders to help lead these folks. But hey, starting in verse 10, watch out for the people that are sneaking in the church, trying to corrupt the church. And then he moves on to, hey, so here's what proper conduct in the church looks like. And he describes this beautiful picture of relational discipleship. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get to it, but he really finishes off the book by pointing out. And by the way, through this process, the world has a really good opportunity to be changed. A sanctified life, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could almost preach the whole gospel kingdom mission thing in just the book of Titus. That'd be mm-hmm. that would be cool. We should just do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I know I know okay. the guy that's preaching this week. I'll talk to him. Well yeah, I, I, don't, you I, I've got another text I want to look at, but but 2022 maybe we could do I think I kind of like the whole gospel kingdom mission to start the year. Start just the, remind yeah. us of who we are. Exactly. So maybe next year. We're coming back, guys. Come on. Come on. We're coming well, back, Titus. <laughs> Jennifer, ladies first. Let's toss it okay. to you. Is there something that that stood out, some insights yeah, you got? Yeah. Impressed? Ab- absolutely. Thank you. Um I really, well, just like what you both said, the context uh, really helped me a lot. And to know that something about the Cretans, that it was a rough culture, um, they had a lot of problems there, it sounds like. But also, it sounded very familiar to our own culture. Isn't Crete still kind of a rough place? (laughs) Is it? I think I've heard that. Like, you kind of, there's a lot of, I mean, there's like, I I know this, I think, (laughs) from... (laughs) I watch a lot a of uh, Rick Steves. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. You know Rick Steves? The tra- yeah, the travel guy. The travel guy. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, travel yeah. guy. So he, we've obviously read through some of his books, but I, you know, Paige, this is, this is a confession of my dorkiness, but we'll watch his show. He's got like a little show. Have y'all yes. seen oh, this? Yes, we've seen oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've used his book. And at the Kids end he goes, up. keep on traveling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep on traveling. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all know, by the way, the Greek word for liar is Cretizo. Okay. They got it from Crete. Oh, hey, wow. Thomas, you're full of insights Yeah, today. you are. Okay. But back to Rick Steves. I think when he gave the show on Crete, he was like, watch out. There's a lot <laughs> of purse snatching and petty crime in Crete. Really? So it's, wow. it's because they're lazy <laughs> and they don't work hard. And they lie. Yeah. And they're liars. <laughs> is what it says. They're right. evil beasts. Right. So... Hmm. Yeah, dude, culture dies hard. It does. It does. <laughs> it does. There's still work for the church to do. Right. Titus did a good job, but <laughs> he didn't finish. Yeah, there's still work to be done. Still so, work to be sorry, done. Sorry. Yeah. No, Go ahead, Jennifer. Right. Well, the Cretes the cre- are rough people and rough still people are. And we per Rick Steves. <laughs> I and. <laughs> And I just was thinking about engaging our culture today and how it is getting it is getting increasingly difficult, more difficult, I feel, um, having conversations that I never thought I, or I never did have 10 years ago um, about things that I never thought I would. And so, you know, I find myself all, oftentimes as a Christian thinking, how does God want me to engage these people? And I tend to want to insulate myself, insulate my family, isolate um, and then other times you see people going out, you know, guns blazing, just um, destroying people with, it could be the Bible, but, you know, still that kind of attitude. And what I heard you say, um, heard God's word say in, on Sunday was that it's it's neither, that it's more nuanced, and it's it's but it's better. And God has a very clear way for us to engage the culture. 
And um, it was just really helpful. Yeah, I think the impression I had similarly was um, the Cretans are the Christians, right? I mean, mm. how who are these elders going to come from? Yeah. They actually are the lazy gluttons. They're the liars. They're the evil beast that somehow, by the power of the gospel, mm -hmm. through the vehicle of relational discipleship, are actually going to become the kinds of people that can lead effectively in the church, right? Yeah. And I think that if we would see the world that way, mm -hmm. um, so, and you could take, you could take, a, you know, a number of different types of people. So if you think of, for example, like a terrorist in the Middle East, right, as Americans, good Christian Americans like ourselves, um, we would think of a terrorist in the Middle East. Oh my gosh, it's a really bad person. Well, in a sense, Paul, the apostle, the very guy writing this book uh, or letter, was a terrorist in the Middle East, mm -hmm. two yeah. Christians in particular, yep. that through relational discipleship, starting with Ananias and then a lot of other folk, uh, through the word of God, becomes not only an elder, but like a bishop, basically, in oh, yeah. this early church. Okay, so how does that happen? And then, you know, I even thinking, I was thinking about like, Rosaria Butterfield, you know, Rosaria yeah, Butterfield. So yeah. she was a, prof a college professor that taught feminist studies. Um, she of course like denied, um, you know, a, a Christian understanding of gender, Christian understanding mm -hmm. of marriage, Christian understanding of morality, a Christian understanding, all, all these things. And now she is this great leader in the church. Um, you know, Paige was like showing me a book the other day, and I can't remember what the book the was. The gospel comes with a house key. Is it that one? The no, gospel? no, not by her. Oh, I see. Okay. It was a book that she had recommended. Oh, okay. Oh, I just, I saw, I think that's in my Amazon car. I'm trying to remember what book that is because I saw it, it on is, the back of it. No, anyway, some book. Okay. I don't know. But yes, page. It's by the British guy that talks about how we ended up in culture where we are and he kind of tracks. Carl Truman. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what it. it is. Yeah. The modern okay. self. Yeah. Yes. So that's the book. And so, yes, I ordered that book. It was sitting on the counter and Paige goes, oh, Rosaria Butterfield recommends this. And I think like, isn't that funny? <laughs> this is the thought I had. Isn't that funny that this, this woman who, you know, 15 years ago was so like hostile, hostile to, to Christianity yeah. is now the person that is outpacing I mean, I was a Christian 15 years ago. That's amazing. And this person who was hostile to Christianity, I was a pastor 15 years ago. Um, yeah. And now this person that was hostile to Christianity 15 years ago is now like my spiritual leader in a way, like the one that's yeah. like helping me decide which book I want to read, right? Wow. Yeah. And so that is the power of, like I think this passage and the whole work of the gospel is the, the people that you look around us and you find the person that may be most hostile, maybe your discipleship leader someday, mm. you know, God may use them yeah. to do that. Um, and so anyway, I, I just, so when you kind of talked about that, like the, and you, you talked about like that guy was in the same fraternity as me. You have a couple other examples. Um, and you know, I think of guys like in my fraternity, uh, well, actually, like, there's actually guys that were in my fraternity in our very church that at one point, like, 
I could tell you some really embarrassing <laughs> stories. <laughs> But they, they might have some stories too. Who knows? And now yeah. they do. And and now I'm looking to them and they're looking to me for spiritual mm-hmm. insight. So yes, like that, I mean, that's what this is about. That is what's so, the power of the gospel and the vehicle of relational discipleship. Let's not write people off. Let's look and say, man, where where are they in their knowledge of the Lord and their pursuit of him? The rebuke is to the people inside the church. And I think it's easy to misread that, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so anyway, I I just, yeah, that was my favorite part of the sermon (laughs) is just, it was so hope-filling and really just the power of this. And I would say like the power of this too for like true cultural and societal change even. I mean, I talk to Christians all the time that are so like worried about where we're heading as a culture. Mm -hmm. And I would just say like, who are you discipling? You know, who are you trying to like minister the gospel toward? Because Mm -hmm. this is the vehicle for actual meaningful gospel change uh, in people's lives. And the vehicle for changing the world. Like that when you made that point, it's not even just changing me or changing my family. I mean, if you want to change the world, this is the way. Disciple someone. It just seems so indirect. Right. I think that's the internal struggle of, yeah, but it's not going to fix it right this second. That's right. Yeah. It feels so long. And I right. would just say like, yeah, it kind of so is. small. It, it kind of is. Small. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, my buddy sent me this text about a tamarisk tree uh, that Abraham planted and it takes 80 years to get to maturity. Okay. Hmm. And there's a part in Genesis 21 where it talks about him planting the tree. He was 100 years old. But he did it for 80 years in the future, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's the kind of way we should think as Christians. You know, the the guy that I'm discipling today, his son, (laughs) who's not even alive yet, God could use. And and part of this investment is going to be passed on through him right. and and uh and that's where real change and, and real lasting change happens yeah so and it's not also i think it's it's not a pyramid scheme i don't want to i don't want to misrepresent the way the lord has designed this but on one hand it is slow like we're talking about but on the other hand if you disciple me and then i work with somebody and then you start working with somebody else and i start working with somebody mm-hmm. it's not long before there's that multiplication effect that's right. It's not. It's not addition. It is a multiplication. Um, what about questions? Any oh, questions yes. from well, yesterday? Actually, that my question relates to. So, how do you move forward in this? Um, and you mentioned the rebuking of people, but also you started talking about um, eponymities. Ah, uh, yes. yeah. Okay. And how? Guy. Yeah, exactly. And how Paul used. Um, this he was pagan. like the Paul Simon of his day. Oh, okay. He's an interesting uh, yeah. character. They say that he uh, he fell asleep for 57 years, I think was the number. Like there's some weird folklore oh, around like mythological type yeah. of things. Okay. Paul Simon kind of Legend, yeah. There you go. That's good. But, uh, so the question is, as you know, seeing what Paul's doing, how do we walk up to the world, I think you said, and, and, and um Oh, I really our, like that. Our purity. How, what was it? Walk Christians up, can walk right, right up, up to, to the, the world, world and stay pure. I wrote that exact sentence down. Okay. And I even a, underlined, a quote, stay pure. Tom, Thomas <laughs> Nelson. But, you know, that's uh, he gave easier the analogy said than done. of the COVID people. 
the COVID doctors. Exactly. It was really, really helpful. And I kept thinking of the um, armor of God. Was that your intention? Yeah. Yes, that was that was it. I was trying to think what's a what's a modern day example of armor of God. What does that look like? And I, you know, I had just come out of the COVID world, um, <laughs> and so I I really appreciated the nurse that came and talked to me and tested me, and I really appreciated the doctor who came into the room with me and talked to me afterwards. Uh, and yet, both of them were able to go home and remain uninfected from my COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I think, man, that's, that's how we ought to be. We ought to be able to be in the world. And, you know, we say this all the time to be in the world, but not of the world. We don't insulate from it. There's nowhere in here that talks about insulating from it. We want to, we want the credence to change. We want the people from Atlanta to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't do it. And you talked about this before we started recording, Jason, we can't do that haphazard. Right. I mean, right. You know, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the COVID, the COVID doctor, the COVID testing guy is going to get sick if he just like doesn't put his hazmat suit on correctly. Like, there is, we need fellowship of the saints. We need spiritual disciplines. We need regular worship. These are mm-hmm. all things we need. Church membership. These are all things designed to actually protect us. They're they're like our hazmat suit, right? They're like yeah. our gloves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, and, and, but yes, so that we can engage. Um, yeah, here's here's my my thing. I think as I've been thinking about kind of the, the world right now, like Christians are always supposed to think of themselves not as fortress defenders, um, but as like fortress attackers, right? Mm. You know, when 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 Jesus says, you know, my church, the gates of hell will not prevail yeah. against my church. I think we have this kind of mentality of like that hell is attacking us, right? Yeah. But it doesn't say the um, armies of hell will not prevail against mm-hmm. us. It says the gates of hell. There's a there's a sense in that where Jesus is saying, you are attacking the gate, not building the fortress. And I, and I hear so much talk among like Christians even now that it's almost like the fortress is being lost. We need to preserve. We need to protect. We need yeah. to defend the city. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we should never have thought of ourselves that way. You know, our city is the new Jerusalem, right? It's it's yeah. not the current Washington, D.C. or the current Atlanta, Georgia or whatever. Um, it's the new Jerusalem. So our city's up there. Right now, we're we're just attacking other cities, right? And so we should have this kind of, we're climbing the gate. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against us. We're going to infiltrate the city of this world. We're going to go to the lazy gluttons and the liars and the evil beasts. And we're going to, they're going to be, they're going to join us in the attack someday, you know? Yeah. And so, all right, I got a question though. Okay. Why can't women be elders, Thomas? You know, I think that is a great question, Jason. And I, here's what here's how great that question is. I I really think the pastor of the church <laughs> should answer it. That's how great I think that question is. So I think that in one sense, so if you're a gal and you've kind of heard that and you say, well, what am I supposed to do in the church? Yeah. In 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 one sense, one of the function of elder, okay to your little thing on the, like your little people, the, the, the pyramid scheme. That you're oh, yeah, about, like, yeah, yeah. There's nothing preventing women in terms of their discipleship of other women. And, and, and obviously what we see here in Titus two, I mean, I certainly can teach women 
you know, and I can be taught by a woman, right? I mean, sure. Jennifer teaches me a lot, but the the role of kind of disciple maker shepherd, you know, for me as a man is other men, right? I mean, I now again, I think that we do that in community, like, mm-hmm. but I mean, there, there also is this very special place that that I'm learning from other men. And Jennifer's learning from other women, right? Because there's such a there's such a difference between us in terms of how we're designed. We're 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 different genders, right? And right. God loves and there's beauty in both men and women. Of course, that's kind of being lost. Uh, I, I've said this, you know, in a genderless world is like a black and white world, right? Mm. There's so much color about what is masculinity and what is femininity. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a very sad thing. It's, it's a regression to not celebrate that. Um, and we're, we're going to have to become more and more comfortable with th- that language and appreciating the way that God has made us because there's going to be some shade that's thrown on that. Oh yeah. Well, there already is. And, and, and so I, I don't mean to kind of digress here, but what, what I am saying is though, is if you're a woman and you're saying, well, why should I say the Bible? You know, I can't be a leader. I would say, well, no, you, you are a leader in the church. Like mm-hmm. this is talking about women who are leaders in the church, discipling, pouring into raising up relational discipleship, other women in the church. Um, but there, there is this office of, of elder or shepherd or overseer in the church that I think is preserved for men because of the order of God. And I think it, what we see here is it's just reflective of the home. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so fascinating to me that, and this even came up uh, at our members meeting last night. It's so fascinating to me that, you know, one of the main ways that elders prove themselves fit to be elders is in the way that they care for their wives and in the way that they care for their children, mm-hmm. right? And if a man is called by God to be a leader in his home, okay, like let's say a scenario where like a man is called by God to be a leader in his home, but his wife is an elder and he's not, okay, then what what have you done? You, you've really hurt his, you've really hurt this order of the home, You've really hurt this. It'd be akin to having a child who's still under the care, who has not left from uh, his family, leaved and cleaved to another, uh, left and cleaved to another. Um, you know, it'd be akin to like, you know, Imriana being an elder. Like, like if, let's say I wasn't or Paige wasn't. Now all of a sudden, like this, this home that was abandoned that, the that, authority that, structure. That once had so much like order and clarity now has been disordered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say that Imriana is not godly and shouldn't pursue godliness. And that's not to say that there's a sense of maturity in her, right? There certainly is. Um, and I see it. And 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 I and I even look at my own daughter. I mean, I hope this for my kids, right? That they will outpace me in my own spirituality and their love for the Lord mm. and their ability to love God. But that still doesn't mean that then I'm subservient to them. Um, I can even look at Imriana and, you know, just here's an example. Like I can see more mental like power, you know, more brain power in her than I even have in myself. Right. She's a very, very bright girl. Um, but that doesn't mean that now I'm like subservient to her because we're not ranked by our IQ score. Right. right. I mean, the same thing with Jennifer. Like I, 
I think Jennifer's a lot smarter than, than both of us, probably both of us combined. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but again, like, true. but again, like there's this beauty in saying, okay, look, there's, there's an order that God has about that's, that's, that's wrapped up in his design of gender that is beautiful. And so, yeah, to, to the women listening, I would say nowhere in this is any sort of a call to not be useful for the kingdom. God, in fact, this is only a call to be useful and to go be a disciple maker. Uh, but God has this beautiful order that is wrapped up in his, cre- his creation order and his order for the home that is reflected in the local church. Um, and so I think it's, I mean, if, if I was a, a, a woman, I had hope, and I guess I'd like for Jennifer to speak to this, like, I hope that you both hear in like this passage, an affirmation and kind of this beauty of God's design. Um, and also a protection. Uh, I, I, you know, I've never met a woman, even a, a woman that's kind of very progressive in her thinking that doesn't want her husband to lead and to be an initiator and mm-hmm. to be a protector. Um, you know, I've never met a woman that loves her husband's passivity yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. Yeah. if he is passive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they always desire, and, and I think this is something that the Lord, from the beginning of time, has just kind of placed in us. Um, and that's good. That's not, that's not a knock on women. The way that we have ordered value, um, as I said before, is so worldly and not of God and his design. Um, right. So, and Jennifer, what are well, your thoughts? Well, that's what... Um where you ended is what I was going to say that uh, we don't value it the way uh, God does the, you know, we put worth on accomplishment and um, your role and how much power you have. And God's idea of power is that he always uses it for the benefit of others. And in that order, I think you see it and like what a privilege it is to both, you know, to be an elder and to be the follower um, because we see that in the father-son relationship where Christ was willing to submit himself to the father, and that's ultimately what saved the world. So, you know, when I find myself resisting this um, why, you know, asking a lot of why questions, I think, why am I not satisfied with what he's called me to do when I have the opportunity to demonstrate um, submission and how that, and following uh, a worthy leader and how that points to um, the Godhead. And it's just, it's really beautiful. And it's prophetic for our world because it's not what the world that's says good. about yeah. Yeah. Um, power. Yeah, I think that's excellent. I think when we live out the the gender roles the way they're supposed to be, it is a true reflection, like you said, Jennifer. Uh, it's a Trinitarian reflection. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And if left to our own, a lot of us guys would just kind of sit on the sidelines if we if the Lord didn't say, man, you need to step up and lead, or we'd be way overbearing and uh, harsh in our leadership. Right. And this is a call for a, a loving, tender leadership, yet be strong. Um, but there's no disvalue of women in the scriptures. I mean, the first person who was really an evangelist to the risen Christ was a woman. Right, Jesus, yeah. Jesus leaves the tomb and says, go tell the men what's happened. Right. Uh, I mean, Paul was... Uh, supported by so many women. Jesus was supported by women. There's so much in the scriptures about the value of women. It's just a difference in our roles. And when we do them right, once again, the world looks and they say, man, that seems to actually make sense. Yeah, and there's yeah. and there's unity and there's peace. And um, 
and there's a wholeness. And again, yeah, I mean, I said it's going back to creation order, but it's really goes even further back than that to your point. Like it's, it's how God himself, mm-hmm. the ontology of God mm. is wrapped up in our ability to understand equal in essence, different in role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, this has been awesome. I really appreciate us getting to get together. You know, if I had kind of one concluding thought to wrap us up, I would just say, hey, when we say the word discipleship, and I said this yesterday in the sermon, when we say the word discipleship, don't get nervous. Uh, This is meant for every believer to be a part of. And our goal is to be helped by someone else to take one step closer to the Lord and, and then our goal is, as we grow closer to the Lord, is to help somebody else mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. one step closer to the Lord. We've got a, a, some great ways to do that here at Christ's Covenant. But just take a deep breath and just know it's a command. We're all supposed to be discipled and disciple. But there's joy in that command. Yes. Amen. Well, I'll take the reins back real quick. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> hand them to him. So for Jennifer McClish and Thomas Nelson, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks so much for listening.